0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and the Weiss. Hey, guys.
1: I want to wish you all a happy new year, and i uh, glad to be uh, back starting a fresh new rosy year. At least that's the way it's sounding by most of the prognosticators. Uh, talking about uh, our postscript from uh, last show, uh, Brad uh, Holcomb gave us a, uh, again a, a rosy uh, view of what's to come uh, down the road. Uh, there's other uh, reporting mediums that are even reporting as far down into 2015 that looks pretty good. Um, the one of the uh, One of the uh, comments that were made uh, by Brad Holcomb uh, two weeks ago, uh, which we now call the golden nuggets, that refers to a comment or statement that's made that's really very important to our small to medium-sized enterprise listeners. And uh, basically this particular golden nugget that Brad was talking about was about the five points that a buyer uh, looks at in regards to his vendors and how he chooses his vendors uh, i'm not going to tell you about the five points but uh, you can go back to uh, manufacture mfgtalkradio.com and you can listen to that show it was the show that was on the uh... 16th of uh, december uh... So that uh, that moving along, uh, I do want to mention that you can uh, uh, sign up and uh, uh, send in email questions to us during this broadcast to live at mfgtalkradio.com, and we'll be happy to uh, air some of your questions, uh, time allowing. And uh, other than that, uh, Tim. Well,
2: Brad, welcome uh, back to the show, and happy New Year to
1: you, sir.
3: Well, happy New Year to to you and to all of our listeners. Uh, as you alluded to, it looks like we're in for a, a solid year uh, in 2014, and hopefully beyond.
2: Yeah, it's sounding really great, Brad, and I and I appreciate the fact that you're on. Kind of as a double header today, one is to talk about a 2013 wrap up, and the second is to talk about the. December ISM number. So why don't we start with the 2013 wrap-up and give our listeners a feel for how the year went.
3: No, absolutely. Uh, 2013 uh, is characterized uh, by, by two kind of different halves. The first half was, uh, was pretty good, was okay. But the second half was, uh, was much better and more consistent and uh, operating, manufacturing at a higher level. And December came in uh, very nicely, consistent with that. Um, the number was 57.0, just three-tenths of a point below December, but the second-highest uh, point of the year, and actually the second-highest point since, uh, I think, uh, two-and-a-half years ago. So, again, December finished out strong continuing the momentum of the entire second half of 2013. Uh, A couple of highlights uh, of uh, December. New orders came in at 64.2, the highest level since April of 2010, and employment registered 56.9, its highest reading since June of 2011. So, again, a great way to finish off the year.
2: Yeah, it sounds uh, like things are starting to finally chug forward. I know some of the things that that we are reading are showing that the economy is picking up uh, to a level that it has not seen since uh, the 2008 downturn. Uh, I know that Lou has a question for you on uh, something that we are picking up on the services sector. Uh, and Lou, why don't you, you and I talked about that earlier today. Why don't you uh, give Brad an idea of, of what we picked up on?
1: Well, the services area uh, we haven't normally spoken about, but uh, I think it's interesting that we do. Uh, the number actually came out this morning, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Brad, uh, and that came out at uh, 53, I believe, uh, which is uh, seemingly a downturn. And I'd like to hear some of your comments on that. Uh, again, we're not talking about um, manufacturing for the moment, but uh, I'd like to hear your comments.
3: Yes, and uh, uh, first of all, I want to mention that uh, my colleague Tony Nieves, uh, former Chief Procurement Officer of uh, Hilton Properties, uh, is my counterpart and takes care of what we call non manufacturing or, you know, more popularly known as the the services sector. At 53.0, Let's keep in mind that uh, services is still growing. That is, December was better than November, so 53 is a good number. It's not just it's it's growing, not just quite as fast as uh, as the previous uh, month. And so I think that uh, while it, it didn't keep going up and up, we really can't expect that from services or from manufacturing. Once again, 53 is a a good number, and uh, we'll just have to to see how that uh, plays out.
1: I do have a question for you, Brad, uh, regarding the uh, number, the PMI number uh, this month that came out at uh, 57, uh, and it had dropped from Uh, 57.3. The news media has been projecting that, wow, that's a great number, and it is. Uh, The point is it it was lower than the month previous. What does that typically mean uh, to our listeners about such a small drop?
3: it actually and that's a great question first of all uh, because you know for for newcomers especially uh, this is a little bit uh, tricky uh, fifty seven is a terrific number. What it means is that uh, December was you know sort of that much better if you will than November you know and november was was better. now if we go back to I think it's June. We saw, let me just look at my table. Uh, yes, from from June through November, the PMI went up each month over the previous month. You know, starting in June with fifty point nine, and then fifty five point four in July, and so on, until we got to November at fifty seven point three. I mean, that was was terrific, Uh, continuously, you know, building additional momentum. Uh, But we can't expect, as I think I alluded to a few minutes ago, for things just to keep going up and up or we would run out of runway. We do not want uh, manufacturing or any part of the economy to overheat, and so 57 is a very solid number. It should be interpreted as that. It's growing over November, just not quite as fast as November grew over October. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it does, and thank you. And and actually, I have an email uh, question that had just come in from uh, uh, Richard in, uh, actually, your hometown, Dallas, Texas. Uh, The question is... um, And he's already starting to delve into the numbers, and I don't mean to jump the gun on you here, but we got the email. I'd like to be able to address it. Uh, His question is that new orders for uh, the January uh, report went up. Meanwhile, uh, backlog uh, went down, and... He's questioning how how does that work. Your new orders go up, but your backlog goes down. There's a part two to that, and let me throw it out at the same time from a different email, and that is that when uh, the inventory figures also uh, went down, uh, is that an indicator that uh, being that new orders have gone up and inventories have gone down, that we can foresee additional inventory rises in the near future?
3: Yeah, great, great questions, and it all works together. And and Richard in Dallas uh, and I suffered fourteen degrees F this morning. Thank you very much. Uh, we sent, we
1: sent it to you.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to send it on. You know, new orders is 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 up. That's really exactly what it says. It's new business coming in. And if you look at the uh, the lift. Uh, On on page three, if you will, we had 11 industries reporting growth in new orders in December, and only one industry uh, reporting a decline. There were six that remained even. So very broad-based, and as I said, it's the best uh, reading uh, in quite some time since uh, April of 2010. Now, backlog of orders, that going down, Backlog is essentially old orders, whereas new orders is new business. Backlog of orders are things that came in previously that manufacturing just hasn't uh, produced yet for whatever reason, and sometimes it's for planning purposes. Um, By that, I mean uh, manufacturing, of course, tries to maintain level production according to its employment and asset base. Backlog and, and new orders are, are somewhat uh, independent or disconnected in time, if you will. And production works both on new orders and backlog. Now, the, the second part on inventories, uh, 47.0 minus 3.5 from last month, still in a well-controlled area. But this is actually what I would call an unwanted decline in inventories, and that is to say, uh, you know, production is, is high, it's, it's chewing into uh, the inventory, and I'll couple in uh, another metric here. Supplier deliveries at 54.7, up 1.5. That suggests that suppliers delivering these raw material inventories is slowing faster than last month. Okay, let me kind of rephrase that. Suppliers are having a hard time keeping up delivering raw materials inventories to manufacturing. That's in part why you see that 47.0 number. Not a bad thing overall. Uh, In the uh, the environment that we're in of growth and momentum, it just means uh, the supply chain is tight. Suppliers are, are chasing it, trying to, to keep up and catch up. And that's, you know, a good thing, as I said, in this environment, and they will catch up. So it's all good.
2: Well, I think that makes a lot of sense, Brett. I know what, uh, in talking with Lou about uh, All Metals and Forge Group, part of what he is experiencing are customers wanting goods faster. And I think we're hearing that kind of across the industry where delivery times are expected to be fairly short, shorter than we experienced in 2013. Uh, is that showing up in your numbers as well in the ISM report?
3: Well, it certainly is uh, indirectly in, in what I've mentioned. Uh, uh, there is a strong emphasis in manufacturing on inventory control and what many call vendor managed inventories, you know, shortened lead times you know, lean manufacturing, lean inventory flows, you know, throughout the system. So, you know, absolutely, and and along with that, we'll use the word, you know, flexibility and and nimbleness. Uh, uh, Definitely something that's that's here to stay and and continue in that direction.
1: I did notice, uh, Brad, that under new orders, there seem to be more of the heavier industries that are beginning to come uh, online. Uh, transportation um, uh, equipment, um, machinery builders, primary metals, fabricated metals are becoming seemingly stronger. Uh, is that yes. your take as well?
3: No, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, all of those uh, you know related to you know the auto industry, the auto industry you know, seems to, to really have had, you know, momentum throughout the year and has carried uh, these particular industries of, you know, primary metals, uh, computer electronic products. There's a lot of that in cars these days, transportation equipment, which includes, you know, autos, trucks, uh, but also airplanes. Uh, so, yeah, definitely those, those seem to be, You know, floating more to the top of these lists and continuing forward.
1: Brad, taking into account uh, in in, uh, December, um, Christmas and New Year's, and obviously almost all levels of business uh, tail off except for uh, perhaps retail, Um, If I'm not mistaken, there is a a cutoff point at which uh, ISM uh, is calculating your algorithms uh, for the purposes of your report. Uh, So the last two weeks of the year, is that included in your numbers? Uh, That would reflect um, downtrends, but yet the numbers are all up?
3: Well, the the answer is, is mostly yes. Uh, we do have uh, an earlier cutoff point uh, before the holidays, but at the same time our panelists you know, have the data, have the information in front of them which reflects their December. So the fact that they're reporting it a little bit earlier really doesn't, doesn't make uh, any difference. So we, we consider this uh, to be a view of December specifically. And, uh, you know, the timing of the reports is somewhat incidental.
2: Uh, Brad, was there anything in the report that to you this particular session was a surprise?
3: A lot of pleasant surprises, if you will. Uh, oh, good. You know, the, the, the PM, I mean, the whole thing is so well balanced. Um, it's, um, it's just nice to see us putting 2013, uh, you know, away on the shelf in such good order. So pleasantly surprised uh, would be my first uh, comment. Uh, Secondly, I didn't really see that inventories would drop uh, by three and a half points, uh, but I certainly understand it, and I think I've I've mentioned that, that the suppliers are having a harder time keeping up. So no real surprises uh, in any negative sense at all that's also you know the the positive nature of this not only comes through in the data which is always uh, you know the first thing that, that most people look at but also it comes through in the comments that uh, our panelists uh, provide us and and they provide us uh, hundreds of comments and I sort through them and try try to pick about 10 from 10 different industries that are representative, and those uh, reinforce the numbers, but they also are a little bit more forward-looking than the numbers per se. I mean, there's, there's hints about what they're seeing, you know, on a go-forward basis. So uh, as, uh, as we look at those comments, uh, it's all good as well.
1: Brad, uh, in the report, you also report on uh, new export orders. Uh, what is the uh, export uh, percentage of our GDP today? Are, are you uh, up on that number?
3: Uh, actually, I, we don't have that number, um, and it's not it's not something that we inquire about as as part of our process and. You know, this is a good time to when when questions like that come forward. Uh, there's, there's a certain nature to our report. It's it's simple and clean, and it it allows us for a very timely report, which is you know highly correlated with a lot of government statistics and so on and so forth. And and in its simplicity, there are certain things that we we don't have, right? But what we do have is we have a sense of where manufacturing is from month to month as well as on a trend going forward. So in particular, we don't break out domestic business and export business uh, per se, uh, although having said that, if our, our listeners will go back to the December 10th semi annual report uh, which we did a show on the 16th. There is a list of of things that uh, our manufacturers are thinking about and, and but almost you know problems or opportunities. And, and there, in a special question, we asked them about domestic business. Essentially, how important is that? Uh, international business, how important is that? And the domestic business is is roughly, uh, you know, on their minds to uh, to a degree twice that of international. And it kind of gives us a flavor of of uh, the fact that the domestic business certainly is the is the majority uh, stake here, uh, while international business is uh, so very important as well.
1: For our next show, Brad, I'll have the number for you. Just in case yeah, you have any, any other wise guys asking you that question.
3: Great, <laughs> right, great. Right. I, I keep, keep reminding people that I'm not an economist, uh, thankfully, with, with all deference to my economist friends. I'm an engineer, and I try to uh, really focus on what's in front of me on behalf of the Institute for Supply Management.
2: Well, Brad, we're going to take a quick commercial break here, and then we're going to be back because I'd like to talk to you about uh, this report in a little more depth. So off to a commercial.
0: The Institute for Supply Management, also known as ISM, is a not-for-profit educational association that serves more than 40,000 supply management professionals with over 150 affiliates in more than 90 countries. ISM's mission is simple, to enhance the value and performance of procurement and supply chain management practitioners and their organizations worldwide. They do this through education, research, standards of excellence, and information dissemination like what we're going through today, including the renowned ISM report on business. For more information, you can simply visit their website at ism.ws. That's ism.ws. W.S. And let's give a shout-out to our sponsor today, All Metals and Forge Group, an ISO 9001, an AS9100 registered company, which provides manufacturing and industrial companies with quick price and delivery quotes and clean, quality forging for their parts. From everything, from aircraft engines and landing gears to gear blanks and downhole shafts, hubs or subs, Go to steelforge.com and send us your request for quote for any open die forgings you may be considering in the future or even seamless rolled rings. Anything from 20 pounds to over 80,000 pounds, they can do it all. Steelforge.com. And now back to our show.
2: And welcome back. This is Tim Grady, and we have with us uh, Brad Holcomb from the Institute of Supply Management and Lou Weitz from All Metals and Forge Group. And, Brad, I know that we have spoken with you in the previous shows, and, and in this report, which if, uh, our listeners want to pull it up, it's at ism.ws. It's the report on business. I think it's in the upper left-hand corner of that homepage. Uh, those first five categories, new orders, production, employment, supplier deliveries, and inventories really are what you use to calculate the PMI of 57.0. Is that right, Brad?
3: Yes, that's correct, and they're all equally weighted at 20% uh, for the last many years.
2: Okay, so I've had the inventories held up. Uh, the PMI could have really taken a pop. What what uh, is the highest PMI you have seen, Brad?
3: Uh, the highest, yeah, um, in in the um, in in the low 60s, and that was actually, I believe, in 2011 in the first half of the year. You know, very low 60s, just above 60, and when we re-seasonalized, uh, this last year, we go back and work with the Department of Commerce to, to seasonalize uh, these, uh, these these first five metrics and take the seasonality out. Those those numbers of just above 60 actually fell into the very high 50s. So there was a little bit of uh, you know, work done there, which we, as I said, do every January. Uh, and that that's the PMI specifically. So being in the high, uh, high 50s right now is, is, again, a very strong, strong position.
2: And is there a point uh, in the PMI at, at which you think it's getting overheated?
3: Well, as I look back on that first half of 2011, there were four consecutive months just above 60, and I thought that was initially, you know, very exciting, if you will, but then the second half of the year uh, almost, you know, fizzled out, uh, sort of the the reverse of what we experienced in 2013, so in hindsight, I felt that those 60-ish numbers uh, represented some overheating and kind of getting ahead of of ourselves, not just in manufacturing, but as an economy.
2: Okay, now employment. I know yeah. everybody is uh, kind of watching the employment figures. It looks right. like that's uh, starting some positive uh, momentum, as it did through 2013. Uh, it, I'm trying to recall from the December forecast. Is that expected to continue to to move up as the economy heats up?
3: Uh, yes, uh, and I, I'm sorry, I don't have that semiannual report directly in front of me. Uh, however, uh, we do comment on how uh, employment uh, sort of settled out in 2013, and it was less than 1%. Uh, in 2014, I'm going from memory, it's uh, around 2%, or just a little more than 2% as an expectation. So... You know, definitely increasing. This December number, as I said, is the strongest number uh, since uh, June of 2011. So I expect this to to keep going. And when you see numbers like this, it represents, and I think our audience will appreciate this, confidence on the part of manufacturing, you know, broadly speaking, to, to bring on more people in anticipation of a continuation of a strong new order book.
2: And I know that you also ask in the report uh, special questions, and I'm not sure we've touched on that uh, a lot in our uh, our radio shows with you. Uh, Can you uh, explain those a little bit to our listening audience?
3: Uh, Yes. sort of generally and again i apologize i don't have that uh, semi-annual report in front of me i should have but i'm out on uh on uh, some other errands uh, this morning and just kind of running fast here but we ask uh, two special questions one is what are you going to do in 2014 to improve your supply chain operations okay and and the answers include as the number one item, uh, strategic sourcing and refining the supply base, okay? This comes up pretty much every year for the last several years, but even more so this year is uh, looking closely at your supply base, narrowing it down to those that are really performing for you, you know, exiting those uh, suppliers that, that aren't working out, and being much more uh, demanding, if you will, uh, that suppliers perform uh, extremely well. Uh, because, uh, you know, if, if your current suppliers aren't, then somebody else is there ready to step up and perform for you. And as you alluded to early in the show, we went through the five dimensions that, uh, that I've always used, in a a philosophy that I call total customer satisfaction, that we want to make sure that our suppliers are up to the task of performing in all five of these important categories. So that was was number one on the list. Uh, Another one was supplier relationship management, or some would call supplier performance management. Once you... Once you get those suppliers that you want on board, then you want to manage their performance by indicating specific expectations and measuring their performance against expectations. It's To me, it's no different than uh, how we deal with and treat employees of our company. We give them goals. We give them expectations. We give them performance reviews, etc. I've always done the same with uh, with my suppliers, and I see this as as uh, you know top of mind and top of the list from the panel overall. And okay, so that's the that's the first question: What are you going to do this year to improve your improve your supply chain? And there are other things on that list of or five or six uh, items that our listeners can go back and look at the report. The the next special question is, you know, what what kind of paraphrasing here? What keeps you up at night as far as twenty fourteen and looking forward? In other words, right? What do you have to to have that that really needs to go well? Mm-hmm. Okay. So on the top of that list, I alluded to it earlier was uh, domestic sales. I really need domestic sales to be there. Number two. And to improve, of course, and to grow. Uh, number two on the list was um, uh, international sales. Okay? I think to, you know, and, and the total of this list of, of let's say, seven or eight uh, items adds up to 100%. Domestic sales was about 33%. International sales was about uh, 18%. Again, I'm going from memory. And then the, the next couple on the list was interesting, uh, health care reform uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, companies just don't know, really don't know what to make of it yet, right? Another separate one on the list was health care costs, right? So reform uncertainty and health care costs are another uh, couple of items uh, pretty high on the list and then that list is rounded out by you know inflation and taxes those are kind of the last two on the list you know people aren't too concerned about inflation they're not concerned about you know changing taxes uh, another one sort of in the middle of the list is uh, is Washington uh, you know continued discussion debate delays uncertainty about debt ceiling budgets sequestration all those kinds of you know maturations that they managed to you know come up with and you know hopefully knock on wood uh, we won't have you know much of that that they'll take care of business but but who knows uh, having said that you know a little bit more of the same and manufacturing just keeps moving forward listening to their customers, versus listening to Washington.
2: Okay, yeah, that's uh, also uh, what we're sensing. I I think the current number floating around out there is that there's something like $7 trillion in cash that corporations are just sitting on because they're so nervous about Washington and what they're not doing that they don't feel like they should be investing it in their operations. So Everybody's just kind of sitting back. Yeah, yeah, even in the face of what now appears to be some pretty strong uh, numbers out of ISM, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what those uh, what yeah. those corporations do here come the first quarter of the year. Um, uh, we
3: are predicting in the, in our sorry to, to jump in, but we are okay. uh, looking at the December tenth semiannual report, expecting an eight percent increase in capital expenditures in twenty fourteen relative to 2013, and 2013 wasn't bad either at about 12% prior to, and this is, again, 8% in 2014 on top of a pretty good year of 2013 in terms of capital expenditures. Um, But that's also a number that is pretty dynamic, and it's dynamic according to, you know, what happens in the economy, especially what happens in Washington. You know, removing the uncertainty, uh, business keeps moving forward, and the CFOs will continue to open those first strings.
2: Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we'll take a look at that as we move forward in uh, future shows. Um, now, these next five areas: customer inventories, prices, backlog of orders, exports, and imports. Those are um, explain those to our audience again, if you would. Those are kind of uh, they're standard within the report. Uh, right. They don't impact the PMI number, but they're kind of those those other areas that you look at.
3: No, absolutely. They're they're supporting metrics. They provide additional insights and information. Uh, but as you mentioned, they're not factored specifically into the PMI. So starting with customer inventories, that represents finished product, uh, which is either at the end of the manufacturing line or in the customer's possession or somewhere in between at the warehouse. It sort of depends, but it's all of the finished product that manufacturing uh, produces. And to have a number that's below 50, uh, we consider those inventories to be too low, and therefore we we would expect uh, some, some restocking uh, energy there, uh, and that's why a number uh, of 40, uh, 47.5 is, is a good number. We, we like to see it too low because it suggests restocking is, uh, is necessary. Uh, prices, uh, it, just in general, represents prices of our raw materials as inputs to manufacturing. And of course anything above 50 represents increasing this is actually you know a fairly modest number of 53.5 i think overall prices of raw materials for the entire 2013 as we recap in that uh, december semi-annual was less than one percent kind of surprised everybody Um, and for 2014 We expect it to be in the 1.6% range. Uh, Again, a very modest uh, price increase for raw materials overall. A backlog of orders uh, is essentially old orders that are still in the queue that haven't been produced yet. Uh, There's always some some level of backlog that allows uh, manufacturing to balance production. And it's always, you know, prioritized to try and you know, meet customer needs and provide that total customer satisfaction as I, as I refer to. Uh, when it's growing, it's kind of a good thing. Uh, you don't want it to grow too much or, or too little. So up, uh, up or down around the 50 mark is, is good territory.
1: Uh, Brad, uh, in in relation to what you're just uh, referring to, uh, we have an email from Fritz from Michigan questioning the PMI-42 number uh, that is uh, somewhat explained in uh, your report. Uh, Can you go into some detail about that regarding the entire economy?
3: uh, So Fritz is freezing in Michigan. For sure uh, <laughs> so the um, I mentioned that we work with the Department of Commerce uh, every January right about now and we do a number of correlations and one of the correlations that we do is between the PMI and GDP and what it shows is that, Uh, for for the last year going forward, and it'll change in January as we see the January numbers in early February, but, uh, for last year, any PMI in excess of 42.2, you know, over time generally indicates an expansion of the overall economy, in other words, GDP. And, and just kind of continuing down through, through that, uh, uh, through that section of the report, uh, on an overall basis, uh, our PMI January through December average was 53.9, and that uh, corresponds to a 3.7% increase in real domestic or gross domestic product. And I think that's, you know, right where uh, a lot of the uh, the government data is coming out uh, adjusted higher from their previous expectations, right around four uh, percent. So you heard it from us first.
1: Thank you for that, Brad. And I think we're making uh, taking time now for a break. And uh, take it away.
0: The Institute for Supply Management, also known as ISM, is a not-for-profit educational association that serves more than 40,000 supply chain management professionals with more than 150 affiliates in more than 90 countries. Their mission is to enhance the value and performance of procurement and supply chain management practitioners and their organizations worldwide. They do this through education, research, standards of excellence, and information dissemination including the renowned ISM report on business that we're discussing today. ISM, in conjunction with the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University, established CAPS research, CAPS research to provide industry-oriented research of all kinds. ISM Services offers global procurement consulting through ADR North America and ADR China. To learn more about any of these things, simply visit their website at ISM That's ISM. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day,
2: the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read the children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Eye Council.
0: And again, a big thank you to our sponsor, All Metals and Forge Group. Your best source for open-die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, nickel, aluminum, titanium, copper, you name it. Just go to steelforge.com. Send them your request for a quote and they'll get back to you quickly and concisely. That's steelforge.com. And now back as we wrap up our show.
2: Uh, Brad, I just want to remind our listeners that if they go to uh, ism.ws under publications and news, they will find the link. It says latest news and press releases. Third one down says the December tenth, 2013 economic growth continues. This is the semi-annual report if they're looking for it. That is a great wealth of information, and the ISM report on business is in the upper left-hand corner of the home page. So for our listeners who are looking for information, that's where they can find it. Um, Brad, in this uh, uh, latest manufacturing report, let's just touch on for the moment, as we did with the uh, 2013-14 forecast, how is non-manufacturing looking?
3: Uh, non-manufacturing is, uh, is, is looking good. Um, I would say that you know, and let's let's also put things in perspective. Uh, manufacturing in in the United States represents about eleven or twelve percent of gross domestic product. Uh, non-manufacturing or services represents everything else, so eighty-eight, you know, eighty-nine percent. So it's enormously important and. You know that has clearly shifted over the last couple of decades. Uh, manufacturing has kept getting bigger and bigger, but less of a proportion of total gross domestic product. So uh, services is is you know everything else and enormously important, but it's our newest um, uh, index. It was uh, it was brought up. By the Institute for Supply Management, it was created, uh, I should say, I uh, believe in the in the 90s, and so uh, it has a little bit less history. And for some reason, the uh, journalists and, and others seem to pay less attention to it. I personally think they should spend you know more time with that and at least give it uh, equal time. Uh, so that's a little plug for my colleague, uh, Tony Nieves and, and the services report. Again, I don't have that detail in front of me, but it's, um, uh, it's had a good, good year in 2013. Uh, I believe consistently above 50, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a little bit more, uh, variability, volatility in the last three to four months. But I think if you go back, uh, three months, uh, it was at a high point and this just dipped down a little bit. But again, anything over 50 represents, uh, growth relative to the previous month. Uh, if it, if the number is down, it just means it's not growing as fast as the previous month, uh, over that previous month, if you will. Uh, so at 53, which was reported this morning, uh, still, still uh, quite solid, uh, but perhaps it's still looking for momentum more so than manufacturing.
2: No, that's interesting. That's interesting. I know that uh, Lou's got an email that just came in. Uh, Lou, who are you hearing from?
1: Uh, Clyde from Chicago. Uh, it looks like we're going to go back to talk about international sales. Actually, is sort of making a speech and kind of ending it with a question. Um, Clyde has uh, improved his manufacturing business by going out into the international marketing place to find an easier way to find new customers and to improve his uh, improve his business. Um, do you have any uh, additional insight into? Um, the international market and uh and i know i asked you earlier about the percentage of gdp which you don't have and i'm going to get for you but do you have any additional comments uh relative to uh uh comments in the international markets
3: yep um I, i think uh from from what i see and and looking at uh you know reports from from europe for example December Eurozone PMI uh, was up, and uh, Germany in particular was up in December. I think China was kind of holding holding its own, plus or minus, uh, still in the in the fifty plus range. So it feels it feels like Europe is is starting to, to reach some level of stability, whereas it's been, you know, extremely volatile and, and you know, recessed for the last few years. It, it kind of looks like there's more stability. Uh, and, and I think that ultimately the U.S. economy is, is a reflection or a microcosm of, of the world economy. So from what I see and hear and, and honestly feel, you know it's a great time to reach out be optimistic you know try to diversify your your customer portfolio and and go out there and look for new business because i think it's out there for the, for the taking i think vibes doing a you know great job in, in thinking in that direction
1: great response Brad I thank you and I know we're coming near the uh, end of the show and uh, I just wanted to thank you again for uh, being with us and wishing you again a a happy New Year and uh, I do want to make one comment that for those who uh, did not hear the whole show uh, that uh, we're trying to break our production department's record and we are giving him 22 minutes Till after the show to have it live on mfgtalkradio.com. And Tim,
2: okay, uh, thanks, Lou. I think our engineer just jumped out the window. So um, it will be wrapping up in next month. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, in on uh, January twentieth, on our show, we are going to have uh, Phil Peronikas of, of Thomas Net. Um, He will bring us some exciting information, so tune in on January 20th at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Brad, I would also like to thank you for being on the show. You've been a terrific guest, and the information that you uh, go into in depth, which we don't hear in the media because they don't have the the time to to crawl into this report, has been terrific for us.
3: Well, it's always my pleasure. Thanks uh, for having me, and I wish everyone listening uh, and you folks a happy new year.
2: Thank Thank you you very much. Lou, thank you for continuing to sponsor Manufacturing Talk Radio. It's my pleasure and fun. Thank you. Great. And uh, that's it for today's show. We'll talk to you in two weeks on January 20th at 2 p.m.
0: listening to manufacturing talk radio the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in america brought to you by all metals and forge group